heavily, I'm a clown. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Echo Chamber. This is episode 19. Missed you guys last week. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. This episode is an interview that I did with Salby. He's one of the developers on Ride the Lightning. You guys are going to love this interview. I have really enjoyed getting into the weeds about Lightning. I'm learning more about Lightning every single day, and I can't wait to talk to more smart people who are building cool stuff in and around Lightning. So let's get to it. This episode of the Bitcoin Echo Chamber podcast is sponsored by WTFHappenedIn1971.com. The economics meme taking the world by storm where all of us are trying to find out the answer to what the heck happened in 1971. WTF1971 also has a merch store now. You can find it at WTF-1971.creator-spring.com. I'll post a link to that down in the show notes if you want to check it out. Thanks for the support. Salby, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm really good. Quite happy to have you on the show today. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, Salby here is one of the developers on Ride the Lightning, RTL. Uh, Salby, I want to really pick your brain about this project today because I think RTL is super interesting. And I want to know more from uh, one of the men behind the curtain. Sure, sure. So maybe we should start with... um, you know, what What got you into this project? What got you into Bitcoin? How did we get here? Yeah, so the origin story, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so comparatively, if you look at, uh, you know, the people who've been in this space and actually doing the development, uh, we are uh, comparatively new to this space. So I started in Bitcoin in the year 2017. Um, I was always aware about Bitcoin's existence, uh, but it's, it's just that I never took the effort to actually dig deeper and try to understand it, you know, at a slightly more detailed level. Uh, and that journey uh, kind of started in um, September of 2017. Um, you know, I took one, believe it or not, I, I took one Udemy class on Bitcoin just to learn about it. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? Uh, and that was a good introduction for me, but it also piqued my interest. Uh, and that, you know, one thing led to another. I started buying Bitcoin um, and then started peeling the layers of the onion, basically, hmm. right? Started going down the rabbit hole. And um, so I bought my first Bitcoin in October 2017. Uh, uh, and uh, I did it from Coinbase. Uh, and when I did, at that time, there, were, there was Litecoin, Ether, Ethereum, all these coins were there. So I kind of bought everything, right? So like any other noob who's just kind of getting into the space, um, I kind of started as a multi-coiner, right? Mm, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a journey, right? Yeah, that everybody has to go through. Yeah. And uh, as I was kind of uh, like uh, studying more about the space, as my understanding of Bitcoin improved more, I uh, kind of converged uh, on to just having an opinion that, you know, it's either Bitcoin or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no point in wasting time on anything else. Uh, it's better to focus your energies uh, in just uh, one, uh, which is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that that's the journey I've been on. So I would not say that my journey is complete, definitely. Uh, and given that I've, it's just been one and a half years, right? Not even two years for me. I would still say that I'm still learning. 
Um, but but uh, in term in the journey, right? The most interesting aspect for me was uh, discovering uh, or understanding uh, Lightning Network, mm-hmm. and that uh, specifically, uh, you know, kind of ossified my belief, right, uh, in Bitcoin. That you know, uh, and when I when I understood uh, Lightning as a multi-layer protocol right um a layer two protocol that kind of uh, created a perspective of how actually bitcoin can be used as a as digital gold that made the case for digital gold uh, in my mind that you know this is a settlement network um this is the trustless network on which everybody can trust and that's how is you should be scaling bitcoin um in fact you know when i get got into bitcoin in september i kind of missed the whole scaling debate right the uh, bch fog has happened right so i was not part of that conversation and i could not you know hear at that time the arguments that people were uh, making uh and so my understanding of lightning network kind of solidified that argument and then i when i look back uh, on that on those conversations then it made it, it was even more clear to me that you know this is the right way to scale bitcoin this is the right path to take and um, so in my journey i'm sorry to for a long-winded answer uh, but in my journey uh, you know uh, once i discovered lightning network then i wanted to understand more about lightning network how we can like you know tinker with it how we can play with it what's there what's out there and uh, so in the December or January of 2017, sorry, uh, December of 2017 and January 2018, I read about Lightning Network. And then by March, Lightning Network uh, L&D was on mainnet, right? So that's when I decided that I have to uh, like start uh, tinkering with it. And then I came across um, Staticus's guide, right? Which uh, was a really well-written uh, guide uh, for any, I am semi-technical, right? So um, uh, I know, uh, uh, you know, I have experience of working on Linux. I don't have any uh, problems uh, working in the command line. So I'm quite comfortable with that. So Staticus's guide was like uh, very easy to follow uh, manual for me. Mm-hmm. And I used that to like, set up my uh, Lightning Node. And I've been running that Lightning Node for uh, more than a year now. So the same Lightning Node, which I set up with, um, you know, by following his guide. So, Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my kind of uh, Bitcoin story where, you know, I kind of graduated from uh, multi-coins. I actually got into some mining as well, set up a mining rig, mined Ethereum, mined uh, all sorts of shit coins, and ultimately, con- you know, closed down everything, converted my mining rig into a programming rig, right? And then uh, basically uh, sold off all my uh, altcoins, shit coins, whatever you want to call them and then exclusively focused, started focusing on Bitcoin. Fantastic, man. You and I have been through a very similar journey. Uh, We both kind of started at the same time and then went through the same progression of understanding. And then uh, the only difference between you and I probably is one, the accent, and then two, the the fact that I haven't built anything nearly as cool as Ride the Lightning. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people that have been in Bitcoin for a long time might take for granted the wave of new people that came in like 2017, 2018, that brought a lot of new talent and a lot of new perspective to the space. And it's like, yeah, we weren't here for the scaling debate. You know, we weren't here for Segwit2x, but, you know, we're here now and we learned those lessons like in retrospect, 
and and now like we're ready to move forward with like this new chapter of bitcoin and that's really what this feels like you know like when you when i see stuff like ride lightning and like jewel and like all these just crazy browser extensions and everything that you have nowadays bitcoin is is we're watching it scale in real time we're watching it grow we're watching the protocol develop right yep i agree yes uh it's been uh, quite a journey <laughs> you know yeah even uh, so i don't know whether you want to talk whether, when you want me to talk about right writing but that's also an interesting story um i can just give you one more hint as well right when i was uh, operating my lightning node uh, which i followed uh, staticus's guide for uh, i was i i uh, in nlni you have option called autopilot Right, so mm -hmm. if you turn that on, uh, it'll automatically find nodes and connect um, with random nodes. Right, uh, it, and it's actually getting better now. Uh, at that time in March, it was almost like a very raw uh, algorithm. Now, um, uh, by uh, you know, a sheer uh, coincidence, uh, my node connected with Stadikus's node. So I was quite surprised that, you know, <laughs> you know, my node has got connected with him uh, and that kind of emboldened me. You know, I reached out to him. Uh, I sent him a direct message on Twitter that, you know, we are connected. Uh, it's just by coincidence that uh, our nodes are connected. So he also confirmed that, yes, I, I see that you are connected with my node. So, you know, I'm connect I'm talking to the right staticus, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that was like a very uh, interesting uh, kind of uh, trivia. Uh, but um, what that led to was at that time I was kind of uh, like uh, operating the lightning node and I was trying to understand the different data points which come with uh, operating a lightning node right there are so many other so many factors that you have to keep track of now uh, how what is the best way for me to like get hold of all these parameters make sense of it right there's like there's channel balance wallet balance um, routing revenue so there are so many things that, that are there to track in a node yeah. um, so definitely needs a ui solution right doing it on a command line is not going to scale uh, and he at that time was kind of tinkering with the ui options he was also struggling that you know we have the solution but uh, the usability is not that great usability sucks kind of right so <clears throat> So he was also tinkering with some UI solutions. He was not able to like uh, get a good convincing UI solution. So I was thinking about a UI solution at that time. So I told him that, you know, we are, I'm thinking that uh, maybe we, we can build some UI solution for this. And he actually encouraged us that, you know, uh, there are no good UI solutions right now. I, at that time, this was uh, like maybe June when I was talking to him, June of 2018. At that time, I thought that, you know, I'm late in this game. That, uh, you know, uh, if we are thinking of building a UI solution, uh, uh, maybe we are late. People have already done it, right? This yeah. is a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. So I told him that, uh, you know, I'm thinking of uh, building a UI solution, but I might be, we might be late. Like people might have already gotten an idea and jumped uh, on it. So he said that there are, I don't want to discourage you. Go ahead and do it, right? And there are no good solutions at this point. And if you can build something interesting, uh, it will definitely have takers. So he kind of encouraged us. Um, and then he also got in, uh, got us in touch with uh, um, Rootzol uh, and, uh, you know, uh, YT Hat. There's, there are a, these are a couple of guys who, who I, they were the first Bitcoiners, actually, whom uh, I started interacting with, um, you know, in this space. Before that, I was just in my own bubble, just trying to follow people on Twitter and <clears throat> trying to understand what people are saying. 
so that led me to the group and then we, it created some affinity for us these guys encouraged us and then we started kind of you know gradually building the solution which ultimately roots all also integrated on his raspberry blitz yeah well it's interesting because first of all you know it's it's so like typical of human nature to like have an idea and think oh someone else has already done that they're probably doing it way better than i ever could right uh, my idea will never work uh, right. and, and lo and behold here we are and ride the lightning is probably the most popular uh ui out there you know for lightning management but it, it's interesting to me because there are some other solutions now that have emerged um the one that i'm personally most familiar with is uh casa's homebrew lightning dashboard that they have uh, mm -hmm. that comes with all of their nodes yeah and it's i was having this conversation with uh Asqueto, uh the guy from noddle um just about just how different the designs philosophies are because noddle or not noddle sorry casa is is very streamlined you know the idea is make lightning as easy as you can for the end user take away a lot of the optionality and a lot of this um just meta functionality that that goes over a lot of people's heads and, and just get it down to a couple of buttons make everything really easy to do whereas ride the lightning is is a power user interface right i mean it's it's functionality first and foremost yeah we want it to be usable and look good but we want you to have all of the options at your disposal um what drove that design philosophy for you guys yeah so it's kind of a mix of uh, you know uh, my own take right so you build a solution in your own image and your own perspective right um uh, so my take was that you know i was a kind of a power user of lightning like uh, i was a technical user i wanted to understand all the parameters but um, uh, of lightning and that kind of drove me towards creating this type of dashboard and control uh, which gives you uh, a perspective of all expose everything right but expose it in a organized fashion uh, in a logical fashion so that you can even if you're a new user even if you're a new user uh, when you go through those ui controls and you see uh, them listed in a particular sequence it makes sense right uh, but so but that was my initial thought right you know uh, how can i organize all this information in a, in a dashboard and how can i give this control so that um, it's easy to follow and easy to kind of operate but when we thought more about it right so how do we or where do we position the product right um, what is the persona that we are building for right um, so that's where uh, you know we kind of <clears throat> crystallize our thoughts into first uh, figure out or think about uh, what is a lightning network ecosystem right um, you know when uh, we are talking about lightning network uh, there are a couple of stakeholders in the network right one will be um, uh, a wallet user which is going to which is uh, basically spending the bitcoin or you know receiving the bitcoin uh, then another one is a point of sale uh, solution right where uh, the merchant uh, is accepting payments uh, in bitcoin and the third one is um, and which is also very critical is uh, uh, the routing network uh, routing node operators right who are providing liquidity and connectivity to the network right uh, so when we thought about uh, the Lightning Network ecosystem as these three broad pieces coming together and interacting in this ecosystem, um, the positioning for uh, RTL is for uh, Lightning Network node operators and uh, maybe point of sale solution. It's not for an end user who's just looking to uh, spend Bitcoin, right? Mm. Uh, 
so that's the technical positioning that's the persona that we are building towards right you know rtl kind of exposes all this uh, functionality it is it is best or most suited for a full node operator full node lightning, uh, lightning node operator who is uh, managing channel balances who is managing connectivity who has so much data to look for and uh, so many parameters to track um, that uh, he needs a, that person needs a dashboard right uh, and that's what the objective of the design philosophy of rtl is expose all these parameters in an organized fashion so that lightning network node operator can best operate his or her node and uh, and also that extends to certain extent to a, a pos solution uh, where uh, you know when you are accepting uh, bitcoin payments you have to track uh, your channel balances you have to track who you're connected with uh, you have to um, you ha you can also use the liquidity that you're getting for routing right so um, all of these uh, parameters also makes it a good fit for a, a pos uh, operator as well and that's where our integration with the btcpa server is also uh, you know a, a good fit uh, for for us to be in that space hmm. yeah i mean like what what you guys have done is 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 it's phenomenal i mean because you know just looking through the feature set of ride the lightning there really isn't anything that's that's still to be desired in terms of like what you have given the user access to on the dashboard um yeah granted lightning might not be in the most perfectly usable state that we might like it to be in um but as far as like managing your your liquidity and and keeping an eye on your channel states and and all of the and the, just the daily execution of lightning usage you guys have really got it all there and it's it's so much more comprehensive than a lot of the uh, more user-friendly solutions like like casa like i said before I think Casa is uh, okay. I'll not comment on Casa, but I think the um, yeah. I'll, let me refrain from commenting on Casa, but I, I respect the solution definitely. You know they are uh, contributing a lot towards uh, Lightning adoption. Uh, you know uh, and you know kudos to that. Yeah, uh, I almost you know, and I'm I'm a little bit biased just because I I run a Casa node, um, and I was ta talking about Asquito and Keto about this because. You know, I, I got one when it first came out, uh, and if I could do it again, you know, I would have probably got, gotten a Noddle, just because it fits me personally a little bit better, but I would really think Casa would benefit um, quite well from having, like, a basic user interface, and then, like, maybe the option to have something more robust, like uh, Ride the Lightning, you know, uh, it, it, and then allow the user to decide which one is more suited to their needs. Yeah, so, you know, just to comment a little bit, uh, I think CASA is well suited more for less technical users where they are not exposing a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, nitty gritty details of Lightning node to the user, which is fine, which is a great use case, I believe. And uh, it makes sense. Uh, that's their segment. Uh, Nodal is more for a power user type uh, user who is technical, uh, you know, uh, needs uh, more hardware uh, you know cap capability as well and um, you know and is kind of more educated towards how lightning works or uh, or wants to get educated towards the you know nitty-gritty details of uh, you know lightning and bitcoin so i think that's where the i would position these two products separately basically well so that kind of gives me an interesting segue because 
You know, there's like this idea, right, that we're moving towards a future where we want everyone using Lightning or maybe some similar solution to Lightning because Bitcoin has to scale. If we want everyone to have Bitcoin, we have to have these scaling solutions. And Lightning seems like it might be uh, might be a feasible one, you know, for more people to get their hands on the Bitcoin network and, and use it efficiently, use the resources of the blockchain efficiently. Um, what do you think of this idea of like a node in every home? You know, is the Lightning Network really for everybody? As someone like yourself who's focusing on the power user side, do you really see a day where everyone is using Lightning or is that a pipe dream? <clears throat> so, uh, so my take on that is, uh, I don't know about Lightning, uh, but definitely a Bitcoin full node, right? Uh, a Bitcoin full node should be there in every home. Uh, I definitely believe uh, it should be uh, existing like a like when you connect with internet right now, you have a router at home, right? So um, when you have a router at home, uh, you have a device sitting there, right? Which is a, actually there's a lot of engineering which has gone into that device, right? And um, so similarly, uh, having a Bitcoin node, every node, every home having a Bitcoin node makes sense because um, you use that node to validate the transactions. You're not depending on anyone, right? So uh, that is the core use case uh, of running a full node. And then you have a protocol, a second layer protocol like Lightning, <coughs> which makes sense uh, to, you know, if you have a full node at home, it's easy for you to operate that, right? Um, and uh, so that so it's a, it's a level of maturity that we're talking about, which is maybe ten years down the line, not um, sure. right now. But um, I think it makes sense, similar to the way we have uh, internet devices at home, which are ubiquitous. Uh, you don't know about them that much, but there's a lot of engineering which has gone into them. Uh, similarly, I believe you know having a Bitcoin full node at home at every home, uh, you know, makes sense, uh, and you don't have to depend uh, on anybody else uh, to validate the transactions. So. There is a whole lot of software development which has to happen to enable, you know, all the transaction validation happening through your own node at home, right? There's a lot of engineering which has to go through to make that happen. Uh, but uh, I think that's that's the right vision to, uh, you know, aspire for. <clears throat> and, you know, so uh, I, I did an interview with Lightning Koala a while back, and one of the conversations that him and I had was, the difficulties when developing applications and use cases around Lightning, uh, and then trying to sort out that issue of uh, like merchant or application and end user liquidity, right? Because you have to have that channel open in order to uh, have direct liquidity with one another. And yet, you you can go through routing nodes, but a lot of times. In certain cases, you know, it might be better to have direct liquidity with a participant, but that comes at a cost, right? That comes at uh, tied up liquidity on your end. That comes with the channel fee, or that comes with the uh, the fee of opening the channel. You know, getting it on the blockchain. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on like fee, uh, liquidity as a service and like some of the the development constraints that come there? <clears throat> liquidity as a service, right? So, um, I think. Opening, <clears throat> so if practically speaking, uh, if you want, there will always be, uh, you know, people or persons that you know, uh, that you'll be opening channels with directly. And you know, when, you know, specifically, let's say, let's say I'm a regular Starbucks user, right? And if Starbucks is accepting lightning, 
uh, I, I would, it'll make sense for me to open a channel with Starbucks directly because I know that, you know, I use that service, right? Uh, <clears throat> so similarly, that's where you have to balance, right? Where, where, which services uh, are the ones that you use more frequently? Uh, Tipin.me, for instance, right? Uh, you know, you use that service. If somebody is getting a lot of tips, it makes sense to open a channel directly with Tipin.me, right? Uh, or, or any other use case where depending on your circumstances your uh, specific use cases it makes sense for you to open channels directly with certain service providers uh, and um, but i would say that it definitely it's not practical to open channels with everyone right so that's where uh, the liquidity providers network connectivity providers have a role to play that's how the network will only scale if you start opening channels with everyone there's no way that that's going to scale and that's where the network network liquidity providers have a significant role to play Right, writing routing note uh, providers have a role to play, um, and that that's the only way the Lightning Network can scale. So you will definitely have certain dedicated people or certain dedicated entities with which you will open channels, uh, but you cannot open with everyone, and that will never meet your uh, all your economic transaction needs. That will never meet that. Right. So there will there's always a role for uh, uh, liquidity providers, routing network node providers. Yeah, it's uh, I've had this conversation with some people, you know, who who aren't using Lightning yet, and I say, hey, why aren't you using Lightning? It's 2019, and they say, well, it's too complicated, or you know, I got the node up and running, and I don't have any liquidity, and I don't want to go through all the trouble of trying to get the liquidity, and that is a fair criticism, you know. Yeah, it is, it is. So, uh, uh, and definitely, right? So uh, that is a fair criticism. I would say that. Um, the solution, what is the solution to that, right? So the solution is the current state of Lightning Network is, is pretty raw still, right? There's, uh, it's still experimental. And uh, in my mind, uh, what I see is that this is this is the experience of onboarding users, right? Um, and uh, right now it is manual in nature, right? Right now you, um, you install a Lightning node, uh, then you have to figure out, okay, who do I connect with now? right <laughs> right how do i uh, get started and that is the problem which uh, must be solved effectively by solutions like autopilot of lnd right where network discovery should not be left to the end user network discovery has to be automated right the user should need not worry about uh, you know who who should i connect with what is the what are the good partners right what are the good channels uh, or channel providers right so that's where um, automated network discovery and autopilot uh, autopilot solutions are important and my uh, take here is that this area is actually ripe for innovation uh, and um, LN, solutions like LND are actually providing a lot of information. So if you are an independent researcher who wants to, uh, you know, uh, understand um, uh, an emergent network uh, coming out of, uh, you know, Lightning Network, it's it's ripe for innovation where, you know, you can dump the network graph and you can do a lot of uh, data analysis uh, to figure out, okay, how do I, uh, you know, discover uh, and network entities, how do I discover liquidity? There are so many data science problems. These are actually data science problems, uh, which can lead to a uh, lot of different uh, autopilot solutions. Autopilot solution will not just come from LND in my mind. It will come from many other, it can come from any other entity or anybody who's actually trying to figure out liquidity and network connectivity in the network. Uh, they have all the data that they need. All they have to do is get the data, analyze it and come up with an algorithm 
to solve this problem. And I feel that in future there will be many people attempting to do this, not just uh, the entities who are developing a lightning uh, protocol. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, and I, I think it'll be kind of pivotal too, you know, because depending on how those solutions are fleshed out, we could end up with something where uh, it, my concern is that, you know, one one entity or organization figures this out and you know, liquidity as a service, like I mentioned earlier, is, is a little bit concerning to me because if they make it so easy to use Lightning Network through them, right, now we're suddenly in a situation where we have to wonder if that's necessarily what's best um and we might not have any control over that you know if somebody makes something that's so good that makes lightning so usable uh and and it's easier to just go through them they're going to onboard a lot of users onto their service and maybe we shouldn't be concerned about that maybe that's a net benefit for us but uh it's definitely something to think about yeah so uh, on that maybe i'll, I'll try to uh tease out a few uh, concern points that you might have had but you're not you're not stating that um uh, so one concern that people might have is that uh, you know network liquidity providers might be centralizing uh, the traffic right to go through them right um, and my take here is that uh, a network liquidity provider is uh, there is it's not a it's not something that only one particular person can do right the the uh, the it's an open space right the the ba barrier to entry to become a network liquidity provider is not significantly high right um, anybody can become a network liquidity provider right all you need is to invest in a little bit of hardware it's not even a lot of expensive hardware that you have to invest in right uh, invest in some reliable hardware and then you need definitely need bitcoins right and then you can become a network liquidity provider now uh, so what you have what we have to understand is what are the incentives right for liquidity provider the incentives are the routing fee right that's an incentive um, and um, what we are seeing at this point is a very experimental state of the network it's not a mature state of the network in mature state there will be a lot of players uh, providing liquidity and there will be a lot of players competing for the traffic now when people will be competing for the traffic the fee uh, that they are going to charge will have uh, you know there will be competition in that and the fee will will not be significantly high so it will make it will not be uh, a, you know costly for you to use a network liquidity provider and uh, if you look at it right now also it is not very costly uh, what what you will see is that right now if you start uh, if you like route or if you uh, use lightning network depending on what transaction amount you are sending the higher you go the more fees you have to pay and the higher amount of transactions you make the more fees you have to pay that's how the uh, you know the network has been designed now when there will be competition in in the routing space or liquidity space the competition will have different tiers of uh, you know liquidity and each tier of liquidity will have its own fee range basically right so when people will be competing in different tiers of liquidity right and um, that will make the market competitive uh, and uh, it will uh, make sense for uh, you know you it, it will not be an 
for an end customer, it will not be an expensive affair to use uh, liquidity providers. So what, what you're saying there basically is that the more liquidity you require as an end user, the more you're going to have to pay in fees in order to actually access that liquidity. Yeah, that's how the fee structure is uh, of routing fee. Routing fee has two components. One is a base fee and another is um, a fee which depends on the amount that you're sending. It's a percentage of the amount. And then uh, <clears throat> the network provider, uh, the routing provider can adjust that fees uh, on their each channel, right? Each channel, you can adjust that fees. And we have that control in RTL. Now, basically, now it depends on you where, which, you know, depending on the channel uh, that your channel bandwidth that you have, right? Um, what is the amount that you have got in channel? You will decide, you know, if somebody is using my channel for routing, what fees I want to charge. And depending on how much you have invested, you will, and depending on which uh, uh, liquidity band you are playing, there will be bland bands of liquidity in the network. And each band of liquidity will have different uh, fees structures, basically. And that will create a competition in the space. Uh, and um, I think that kind of creates a path towards uh, a fair market, a fair fee market, basically, uh, where barrier, barriers to entry is not high. And uh, that, um, you know, you can use that as a service, basically. One of my favorite features of Ride the Lightning is actually, you know, how in-depth you guys have gotten on the fee management and the fee uh, revenue reports, which, uh, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that feature? Yeah, so um, actually we need to do more. <laughs> so right now it's, it's, uh, it's pretty rudimentary in my opinion. So one is at the dashboard you have a fee report. Uh, which gives you uh, a daily fees, a weekly fees, and a monthly fees. This comes straight from an API uh, of LND. Uh, so LND has an API called Fee Report, and it gives you those th these three tiers of fees. And um, you, the controls that we have on the fee that you make on your node is uh, on the channels page. On the channels page, you have an edit button, ed edit control rather, and um, you can uh, modify the fees that you are charging on your channels. Uh, for all your channels at the top level or you can individually tweak your uh, each channel's fee uh, to optimize uh, you know uh, the traffic th going through that channel so these are the controls we have uh, on routing fee management and what you see on the dashboard there is another uh, interesting control that we have provided uh, which is um, uh, the forwarding history right uh, so the forwarding history gives you a view of how many transactions are kind of going through your node right and what are you earning on you know, each of these transactions um, there was and there's another summary screen the summary page that we have provided and that came from a suggestion from andres um, uh, that you know we are trying to summarize um, uh, the fee collection uh, on uh, based on the nodes rather than uh, you know channels so that you get a perspective of um, what are your channels which are being used uh, most optimally and you know on which channels you are making more fee so that if you want if you see that you know uh, on certain channels you're not making any fee and if you want to close down those channels uh, when you look at that page it gives you a perspective of you know how your liquidity and how your channels are being used most optimally yeah i spoke with alex bosworth a while back and uh you know, we, we had this conversation kind of about because I know he manages one of the one of the biggest routing nodes, not the biggest, obviously, but uh, he does pretty well for himself uh, in terms of lightning network fees, which is pretty uh, humble. But, uh, he, you know, he, he did say it's a very active process. There's a lot that goes into um, optimizing your liquidity, you know, to best serve the network and to best be the recipient of routing fees as, as transactions are propagating.
yeah so definitely so routing node management is <clears throat> not a you know you know not an easy feat <laughs> and yeah. that's what uh, that's rtls that's uh, objective of rtl is to you know give you a visual on that so that it becomes a slight you know a little more a little more easier than what it is and um, yeah and, and the and that goes back to the previous point that i made right uh, the user on, similar to user onboarding uh, the even the lightning node management is not going to be manual in future it's it has to be automated at so many levels right channel balancing should not be should not be manual right uh, monitoring which channels uh, need liquidity or which channel needs to be balanced has to be automated you know the software has to give signals to the user that you know these particular channels are out of balance and it are, these are being used so balance them or or do or take some action right and that's so ideally there are so many parameters to track um all of this will be encapsulated in a very high level dashboard where and this is this is my vision of uh, how you know uh, routing node management should be is that all of these controls should only be translated into some sort of signals so that you just act on those signals rather than you know trying to figure out the signals by looking at the data that will that has to be automated uh but once you get the signals then you can take actions and the actions can be you know balance your channel splicing right or do loop out right so those are the actions which manually can be taken where there is a, a factor of cost involved right when you're taking those actions you have to pay some money uh and that's where uh, ideally the software should give you those signals and then you act on those signals and the signals are coming from all this data that you have on the dashboard and all these parameters that you're tracking these should ultimately result in signals i love that you're you're kind of already thinking like three steps ahead here because you know arguably what our functionality to rebalance channels right now and and submarine swaps it's less than ideal right but you're already imagining what lightning as a protocol for the for the power user is going to look like you know, once we have some of those features fleshed out, once we don't have to rebalance channels through like submarine swaps, and and it, 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 I think in your mind it's a beautiful thing, and I think that that's kind of what you're building RTL to actually support, right? I mean, that's where you're headed with this project, right? Yeah, ultimately yes. But uh, when I started thinking about it like four months back, I was like, I just sat back and realized that okay, you know, I don't think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> that's when i i thought that you know uh, you know we are just building a ui which gives manual controls and uh, is that the right thing to do this is this cannot be the end solution right uh, but then i then we came down back to earth that you know uh, yes uh, maybe that's a future state where um, you know all of these controls have to be automated or automated all these signals have to be given to the user so that they can take actions but it will take us time to get there right it's not uh, right now <clears throat> so right now we have to make uh, provide all this information so that people can think and then that will generate ideas right you know when you have all this information coming in how you're using it based on the that usage uh, it will give you ideas of how to create signals how to automate all this uh, node management process network discovery um, uh, and then that will be the next level of innovation uh, which i feel uh, you know that lightning would be heading towards do you have any thoughts in regard to invoicing and, and any ideas about um, how that might be potentially made more efficient, uh, especially from like the dashboard level and the end user level? Like, because in my opinion, invoicing on Lightning is a little bit cumbersome. It, it's not having to generate a new invoice manually every time you want to. 
and then and then send it to the user who you want to pay you for something can be maybe not as ideal as we might like. And I know uh, Sphinx is in development and, and some of those things are coming. But what do you think about uh, the state of invoicing right now? Uh, I think it's a it's a if you look at the evolution, it's, it's kind of a gradual process of the of, uh, you know, the protocol. Right. So, yes, uh, you know, like uh, writing invoice management is what we have to do right now. Uh, but I think, and you know, even tools like Joule make it a lot easier, right? <clears throat> the invest management, yeah. uh, if you use tools like Joule, uh, browse plugins, it makes it very easier for you to not worry about that particular, uh, you know, mechanical uh, steps. Um, but uh, like you uh, rightly said, Sphinx is a good solution, which we have to, uh, which will ease that part of the process. Um, but yeah, you know, it is an experimental stage right now. There, there's a lot of learning here that we are gaining when, when we are, we as an app developer, uh, you know, developing apps on top of Lightning protocols. And uh, all this feedback that we are getting from the users uh, that is getting passed on to L&D or C-Lightning or these uh, protocol developers and um, they are taking in that feedback and improving, uh, uh, you know, uh, how the protocol should actually function. So this, I mean, this is very early. Uh, I don't think it makes sense for us to uh, comment on the the raw state of uh, the protocol, uh, yeah. but it makes sense for us to learn from these experiences and uh, envision how it can be better, right? And pass those feedback to the protocol developers so that they can also, you know, make it better. So Sphinx is actually a good example, right? You know, we realize that invoicing is not uh, so convenient. So how can we like overcome that? That's a great point. It seems to me like the best people uh, in the development world right now around Bitcoin are looking for points of friction and, you know, saying, okay, here's a bottleneck. Here's a problem that people have. What can we do to fix it? Uh, and, and then those are the people that are really providing the solutions right now that are pushing this thing forward. The protocol development is still in a very early stage, right? Uh, Bitcoin is mature. Lightning is not that mature, right? It's, it's, it's still in beta. And, uh, you know, we have to still, there's a long way for us to go where, until we achieve the ossification of these protocols also, right? So uh, I think we, we should just go. I'm enjoying the process, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, it what we are doing, we are the early adopters here. And the feedback that we give, uh, the experience that we gain uh, will help improve the protocol for everybody else who's going to come on at the later stage of that option. Yeah, it's probably pretty easy to lose track of uh, the journey, you know, along this, because we're so focused on the destination. We're like, all right, everyone's got to be using Bitcoin. Everyone's going to be using Lightning. But like, just stop and look at how incredible this is. You know, uh, Marty Ben talks about it all the time. Like these people all over the world who are coming together on this one thing, like what gets them so invested in this? Why is this thing so crazy? Like, it's got to be more than just money, you know, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, and we in our eco chambers, uh, right, <laughs> uh, get so, yeah, we get so uh, engrossed in our eco chambers that we don't realize that we are still very early. And, you know, the whole yeah. world looks at us as some sort of weird uh, set of people, um, you know, who really are out of touch with reality, where our perspective is that it's uh, the opposite, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I say that, you know, uh, and I think I tweeted that, that the Bitcoin is actually a big shot, right? Bitcoin is the big shot on the current state of uh, economics or, of, or finance in the current world, right? So, yeah, I think we have to, it's better to stay in the eco chamber for now, right? Stay, stay in the eco chamber, continue uh, developing what we are doing 
in in this eco chamber actually and i feel that eco chamber is actually expanding right? every year it, it becomes even bigger right so ultimately i feel that the eco chamber will become the world and the people outside will be in the eco chamber um <laughs> <laughs> uh- I'm curious when do you do you think if ever or maybe when will we see something like ride the lightning baked into uh, a wallet like zap you know because I love zap I think what zap is doing is great but when can we see more like we do you have have you guys been working with any any wallets or like zap in particular to try to integrate some of this ride the lightning functionality so uh, not with zap particularly and I actually like zap's UI it's very uh, um, it's polished uh, it's uh, amazing uh, and it focuses a lot on user experience right um, our user experience in rtl is very raw um, and zap has definitely uh, provided an awesome user experience which is um, which is really inspiring right even for us and um, what so we have not really exp- at this point the collaboration that we've been um, exploring and we've been doing is with the node operators right because like i told you about our vision is uh from a node operator perspective right not from an end user perspective end user um, like zap is an end user perspective uh, focused software right um whereas uh, nodal uh, or raspberry blades uh, are like more node operator focused uh, hardware solution providers now um we are i was thinking of um, actually uh, speaking with uh, jule uh, like uh, you know willow brian uh to see what kind of collaboration we can do because there is um the collaboration that we can potentially have is um at the authentication level right so rtl maintains a authentication layer and a, a middle layer right so if uh, rtl maintains that layer uh, the the requirement for jewel to have a, a mac room on a local uh, pc uh, can be something which we can um, try to program around right so uh, the macron can be in rtl rtl can maintain that authentication and uh, and jewel can directly work with rtl to authenticate the user rather than you know requiring the macron to be there locally on a on a on a desktop or a machine uh, to authenticate the user in the browser so that is that kind of experience if we can provide that will be really um, Uh, you know a smooth experience for the user to just install jewel and connect with rtl locally and then uh, you're good to go that's a good collaboration uh, opportunity uh, we have not explored it yet um, and this idea I, i'll be honest here this idea actually came from ketominer uh, so um, you know uh, i think it's a really good idea to explore but we have not had the time to really you know uh, reach out and talk to people uh, but i feel that this is this is a good opportunity for collaboration that's exciting i'm looking forward to that i hope that that works out Yeah uh, so I need to speak with uh, Will I'm not I've never had a uh, you know chance to get in touch with Will so I will use this as an this as an opportunity to speak with him and see if uh, what he thinks about this this idea All right so what features are not currently present in Ride the Lightning that that you really want to add or maybe you know whether it's not just the fact that you haven't put it in yet but the protocol is not ready for it what's something that you're working on or really excited to get implemented into ride the lightning yeah so let let me talk about what we are working on right now i think those are these are some of the critical features which are actually uh, now missing from the app um so one is the static channel backup right um that's an important feature um uh, and uh, lnd with the version 0.6 they uh, uh launched the static channel backup feature 
so that is something that we have to do and we are working on right now uh, loop out is also a very good feature uh, which we have to uh, add to the app um, so static channel backup is something that we are working on right now uh, loop out is has a little bit of lead time for us because we want to learn about loop out, loop out a little more uh, and then imagine a ui or a ul your experience uh, for the loop out feature um, other than that the big feature that we are working on right now and which is a big lift is uh, integration with c lightning um, c lightning uh, uh, there are there are a lot of fans of c lightning right and uh, although uh, and uh, the difficulty with c integrating with c lightning is that it does not have a ready to use <coughs> ready to use uh, api layer uh, uh, which uh, we need uh, to integrate with uh, rtl and so at this point we are working on creating that api layer um, and then once that is done uh, then we will integrate uh, rtl and c lightning uh, and there are a lot of uh, you know when when we are when i am actually interacting with c lightning i'm working on c lightning there are a lot of nuances of c lightning which is different from lnd so the ui will also be different uh, for for c lightning so that's what uh, you know shahana and i are kind of debating you know whether to create a different version of rtl for c lightning or handle c lightning uh, within the same code base basically so th that and there is uh, another interesting thing that we want to work on is the multi-node dashboard where uh, we have actually uh, for lnd we have a multi-node integration so we can uh, you can use one instance of c uh, one, one instance of rtl to connect with multiple lnd nodes if you are running multiple lnd nodes right and this is again a, a power user type feature where uh, you know normally a person is running one lnd node right at home but if you are a professional uh, you know network liquidity provider you'll be managing multiple nodes so if you are uh, running multiple nodes managing all, all of those nodes and it makes sense to have one single ui to manage all those nodes so um, that's a that's a feature that we have we already have a one feature of uh, uh, managing those nodes through a single ui right now uh, so you can actually switch if you if you have a multi-node config you can switch between multiple nodes in rtl but we don't have an integrated dashboard which gives you a complete control command and control view of uh, multiple nodes so that is something that we want to do in the future definitely so that if you are like professionally uh, professionally running uh, multiple nodes you just get one dashboard and you can manage uh, you know all different nodes to one dashboard that's really interesting yeah yeah that's something that that will come in the future uh, and then uh, we definitely want to improve on our mobile UX and continuously keep on improving the user experience. Right? The user experience has to become smoother and better every day. So that, that's an ongoing process. So these are some of the things that we are like, working well, you guys are definitely getting there. Uh, you you actually just hit on all the points I had for you uh, to talk about next with that one question. So good job. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know much about C Lightning. Uh, I've never used it myself, but I know there are a lot of people out there who they're like, yeah, C Lightning, it's better. C Lightning has uh, uh, I think what I've heard from C Lightning enthusiasts enthusiasts is that it's uh, stable uh, and um, uh, but it has its own nuances the um, and so I, we have actually done a few surveys uh, on um, uh, you know which node are you running so rtl through rtl account rtl twitter account we actually uh, launched a survey on different options of uh, you know lightning implementation and the result was that around almost 60 70% of the users were on lnd uh, almost 20% 15% of users were on uh, c lightning 
uh, and the reason why I see that difference is that C Lightning is highly technical, right? It is, it is not easy to actually operate a C Lightning node. Uh, and the app space on C Lightning is also very limited. Uh, and my take on that is that it is because the, um, the lack of API support, right? Uh, which, um, which makes it uh, difficult for a web developer to develop an, an app, for instance, right? If there, if there are no REST APIs, it becomes difficult to write apps uh, browser-based apps for uh, C-Lightning. Yeah. And that is the problem that we are trying to address. Um, so we are writing uh, a comprehensive API layer, REST API layer for C-Lightning. Uh, and we will publish that separately as a repo. So if you are, uh, if you want to develop apps on C-Lightning, you can just use that uh, repo and it will give you an API layer for C-Lightning and you can use that to start building the apps. And then that's one project. And then another project is that we will integrate using our, uh, the APIs that we will write will integrate uh, RTL and C Lightning. So that our hope is that once we publish that API uh, suite for C Lightning, uh, it will add to the, um, it will make it easier for web developers to you know develop apps on, on C Lightning. That's awesome. So you're, you're, you guys are just trying to open up C Lightning to everybody. Yeah, that's the that's the objective. Let's see uh, how successful we get into that. <laughs> but That's great. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> thanks. It, it's a big lift. I am writing the uh, APIs. Uh, I am actually not a no, you know web developer by ex experience. I have uh, I've been a C programmer actually, so I like I love C Lightning <laughs> because it is written in C. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I was a I'm a C I was a C programmer. I used to program professionally as in C, uh, but now I'm trying to create this API layer in Node.js. So I'm learning Node.js as we as we as we are like uh, writing this API layer as well. Hmm. Well, uh, that's about all the questions I had for you. Was there any other things you wanted to talk about with uh, RTL or Lightning that I didn't hit on? Um, yeah, I think uh, basically we covered everything. Um, yeah, the one thing I would like to say is that if somebody um, is interested in contributing on, the, uh, on RTL, we are open. We are open for PRs, right, if you have ideas. Um, we'll be happy to uh, listen to those ideas, you know, get, best way to interact or give us ideas would be to open issues on the GitHub page and we can then respond to you. Uh, and uh, that's also the best way to interact with Shahana as well. So Shahana is actually the uh, main developer on, on RTL. I just wanted to like talk about her a little bit. So she is uh, like, she remains in the background. Uh, but she is the main developer. She has actually written almost 99% of RTL, right? So even the architecture, the, the architecture of C of RTL, the API layer of RTL, the front end, uh, all of that is written by one person, right? And um, she is uh, she prefers to be uh, she prefers to be known by her work than than her words. And um, so she's, but the best way to interact with her, if you want to, is to open an issue on her GitHub and then she will respond to you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, she has been uh, uh, the development force behind RTL. Uh, and uh, I, my role on RTL was primarily, uh, you know, giving, uh, giving in the subject matter expertise of uh, Lightning and Bitcoin. And... Um, uh, designing the UI UX. I'm a product manager by profession, so I br brought in the product management uh, skill set. Uh, Shana is a, a web developer, so she brought in that uh, you know development skill set. So mm -hmm. we have a like a very complementary set of skills, uh, and it works perfectly for RTL. And um, and yeah, so that's the and and 
basically we are open for contribution uh, and you know if you have uh, but the only thing is you have to learn angular right so there are some uh, uh, you know concerns people have because angular is very highly opinionated uh, language right it's not like react which is much more open ended um, it has its own framework that you have to learn so that kind of i think uh, increases the barrier towards uh, contribution but uh, if you are uh, interested if you want to contribute uh, we are open for it's an open source project it will always be open source and free uh, so we are uh, we are open for prs or inputs or feedback or anything that you want to give which can help improve rtl for end users that's that, that's objective i love it um, all right, and I'm going to put uh, a link to the GitHub for RTL uh, down in the description, as well as a, uh, a link to your Twitter and the Ride the Lightning Twitter so people can contact you guys if they're interested in, you know, contributing to the development or trying to learn more. All right, uh, I, last question for you. Where is Bitcoin going? You know, we're, we're going up right now. We got the halving coming up. What's about to happen? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so I don't have any thoughts, right? I don't focus on price and I don't give yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, price ad- like uh, investing advice to anyone. But I, so the, I will just use that as an opportunity to the journey that I've been on, right? So when I started buying Bitcoin, I, it was at 5,000, right? It went all the way up to like almost 19, 20,000. And then it went back to like 3,200, right? So I've seen this, <laughs> even though I've been uh, in this journey for like maybe one and a half years, almost two years, I've seen this like, you know, going all the way to the top and then coming down and now it is going back up i feel that uh, you know from a price standpoint psychologically people have seen 20000 right so getting to the 20000 will is only a matter of time right because that's something which is possible right? it's not an impossible thing now what happens after that is everybody anybody's guess right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all i would say right you know we have seen 20000 it will definitely go to 20000 you know i don't know when uh, but and when where it goes after that is something which we don't know. But more than the price, uh, and that's what I also tweet about is, uh, and that is the central value proposition that Bitcoin is actually a big shot on the current state of economy, right? If you have confidence in the current state of economy, don't buy Bitcoin. Uh, and if you don't, right, <laughs> then there's no no other option but to buy Bitcoin because uh, there's no other hedge on the current state of economy then no no better hedge than on than bitcoin on the current state of economy so that that's all I, that's all i want to say and price wise it it will definitely go anywhere and everywhere um, you know it's anybody's guess uh, the the only thing that i tell shana as well is that you know uh, if you are thinking about a bitcoin get one bitcoin that's more than enough if one if bitcoin will attain the the position that it is supposed to attain, which is the hyper Bitcoinization, then one Bitcoin is more than enough, right? You don't have to have a huge stash of, like, you know, 20 Bitcoin or, or 100 Bitcoins or whatever, right? One is more than enough. And if it does not reaches that point, then there's what is the point? <laughs> right. So so that is the that's all I, I have to say on, on price. No, I, I love it, man. Um, I, I'm of the belief that we're going to get to 20k sooner than people realize and once we get there it's like you said who knows what's going to happen next i mean it's going to get crazy i'm i'm so excited for the future uh and and i love the fact that guys like you and i kind of came in 
just at the beginning of a bear market and and we've ridden this thing out for all it's worth you know for the last two years and the bear market for me i mean i don't obviously for you too it was very rewarding because it was kind of an opportunity for all the noise to sort of go away and for you to just really hone in and focus on building and and learning and uh increasing your understanding and networking you know with other people in bitcoin and and the people that stuck it out through 2017, 2018, they're here for the long haul now. Like, you're not going to be able to get those people away no matter what happens. And that that's really interesting that Bitcoin continues to go through these cycles, you know, where, where more and more people get brought in and then refined in the fire. Uh, I, I love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, all my uh, no-coiner friends view me as a heretic, right? <laughs> a person who's just crazy, right? Yeah. Who does not know you know what's happening around him right he's just always like obsessed with bitcoin so yeah and that's fine right i'm i'm happy to be like branded that way that you know bitcoin heretic uh but um yeah you're right uh we have seen uh the troughs right so uh now it's going back up again uh, and you know wherever it goes we are in for the long haul right i'm not doing it for the price and to be honest the the price point at which we started buying bitcoin it's only now that it's in green right so um i i so my objective was to basically contribute or do something here is not really to <clears throat> you know gain anything from the price but be able to make a difference that's more that's something which drives us more then the price gains and I don't have huge bags of Bitcoin, right? I, I'm just accumulating this like stacking sats, right? I'm not, uh, I don't have, I never had the opportunity to have huge bags. So, uh, so I'm not pumping my bags here, <laughs> right? Uh, all I'm doing is trying to make a difference uh, and uh, trying to contribute and give back as much as we can so that, uh, because we feel that, you know, Bitcoin is a better money and it will help people more than the current state of economy that that is so that is the more uh, that's the driving factor that's the we are the pirates basically right so that's the uh, that's what more uh, drives us than you know the price point of bitcoin which is right now whatever it is right now hmm. yeah anybody who stays in this game is going to win that's for sure yeah the big short <laughs> yeah. all right man well any uh any parting words for the listeners uh you can plug like your your twitter and stuff if you want yeah so uh, again uh, you know uh, you can link my twitter account in the in your pod uh, but i think um, more than anything else uh, our objective is to really uh, make uh, lightning easy right uh, and uh, get more people to adopt uh, into lightning that's the objective with which we are writing uh, write the lightning ui and uh, yeah, that's the journey that we are on and uh, we are uh, working on it <clears throat> so we I, i'm not working on it full time right i contribute my time that i get from my day job and uh, it's an incredibly uh difficult uh you know endeavor for us in terms of the the time that we have to give it, it, it there's a lot of time that it demands um but we are doing it uh because we want to give back to the community uh, and that's why we have kept the source uh, the the software open source uh, and free uh, so, uh, and and we, what we are gaining is a lot of learning, a uh, lot of uh, understanding about Lightning and Bitcoin, and we are on that journey. 
with all of you, uh, you know, uh, everybody in this space. And we want we, our objective is to continue on this journey. There might be uh, times when we slow down a little bit on our development there, because life intervenes, but we'll always be there. We'll always be developing uh, and we'll always be, uh, you know, contributing to, to this uh, exciting community of Bitcoin and Lightning. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I thank you for what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing great things. Thanks a lot. Thanks for using it. And thanks for having me on your pod. Absolutely, man. Welcome back, guys. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Don't forget, you can find all of the episodes of Bitcoin Echo Chamber on any of your favorite podcasting services. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc., and if you want to just find all of our episodes directly, you can go to BitcoinEchoChamber.com. That's also where you can contact me. My email is listed there. It's BitcoinEchoChamber at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me for any questions or if you want to try to come on the show. Uh, I, I have people reach out to me from time to time who are interested in shilling their altcoin projects. So if that's you, don't bother. I just want Bitcoiners on this show and we're going to talk about Bitcoin. If your name is attached to some sort of subsidiary that shills whatever token it issued uh i'm not interested you're not coming on the show i'm not going to give you a platform but any bitcoiners that want to come on the show and talk about bitcoin even if you think you're a nobody and you might not have anything to say you might be surprised uh, there might be a lot of people who like your perspective everybody has a unique perspective so please reach out to me guys and you can follow me on twitter at heavily armed c the letter c um my dms are always open and i look forward to he hearing from you guys and see you next week have a good one